Hey friends, before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you know to be sure and stay tuned to the end because I have a special invite for you for a free design workshop that I'm going to be doing this March. I'll give you all the details at the end of the episode. You're invited. Hope to see you there. Hey, you're listening to the Design Doctor podcast, where we diagnose design drama and talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, medical doctor turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. friends, welcome to the podcast. Today I'm going to give you the formula on how to design like a pro. And I want to start off by asking you a question that I want you to just think about for a minute. Do you believe that you can learn to decorate your home like an interior designer? What comes up for you when I ask you that? For some of you, you may be thinking, I mean, I think I could do it. I feel like I have a pretty good sense of style. I feel like I have a pretty good eye for what works and what doesn't. And I think that if I worked at it, I could. Some of you immediately think, oh my gosh, hell no. (laughs) There's no way I could do that. I'm just not that type of person. I'm not creative. I don't really know what works and what doesn't work. I don't think I could ever do that. And then others of you are probably somewhere in between. Before I went back to school and got my interior design degree, I was probably somewhere in between. And now that I look back at it, I think that my belief in myself was actually greater than my natural skills, which is really important because that means that if I can learn how to design well, you can too. So what we're going to go through before I give you the formula for how to design like an interior designer, we're going to talk a little bit about belief in yourself. If this is something that you have a desire to do, if you don't want to learn this, totally fine. Totally no big deal. It's not for everybody. But if you'd like to get better at it, if you'd like to basically become your own interior designer so that you don't have to feel like you need to run out and hire one or be just unhappy with your home, you can totally do it. So we're going to talk about belief in ourselves and how that's the number one key in doing this. And then I'm just going to give you the formula. I'm going to tell you how to do it. So let's dive in. And I want to start by making a few analogies. A lot of you, a lot of my listeners are women physicians. If you're not, you've got some type of career or job that you feel proficient at. And before you started that career or job or path, you did not know how to do that. But notice how, you know, you go to school, take classes, you learn and you develop those skills. So often I think it's easier for us to believe in ourselves when there's a clear defined path for how to get somewhere. So for example, before we started medical school, for those of us who are physicians, we didn't know anything, but we went through the training. We went through medical school. We went through residency. Some of us went through fellowship and we learned those skills and we practiced those skills. What if I ask you if you thought you could learn to play an instrument? I think for most of us, even if we're not musically inclined, we know that if we took lessons and practiced, most likely we, we believe, I think, that we can learn how to play an instrument. 
What about speaking a different language? Same thing, I think. Like, well, if I took lessons and I practiced, I could speak a different language. But for some reason, when it comes to, let's say, interior design, decorating like a professional designer, or even other things like art or dance, that belief in ourselves somehow diminishes for some of us. Now, not for everybody. But what if I ask you if you thought you could run a marathon? Those of you who don't consider yourself runners, some of you have probably already run marathons, but for those of you who don't consider yourself runners, could you run a marathon? Could you create a beautiful piece of art? Could you learn to dance well? And could you become a great interior designer for yourself? For some reason, these are things that are harder to believe in because they don't necessarily have a a clearly defined path. And we consider a lot of these abilities just to be innate, like there's just something that we're born with, like I can just see what works and what doesn't in a space. Or I was just born with a natural ability to like know how to dance or to create art. But I want you to question that. Is that really true? I want to demonstrate this by just talking about running for a minute. Back when I was in my early 30s, I was working out with a trainer and I had always been really into health and fitness. I would do cardio classes and resistance training, but I never really ran. And he was trying to talk me into running a 5k. And my response to him was, uh, no, I'm not a runner. (laughs) And then I started thinking, well, maybe, you know, I've never really tried it. I used to get on a treadmill back before I started running outside And I thought, how in the world could I do this for, you know, 3.1 miles? I realized now that I was actually trying to sprint because I thought that was running and I didn't realize all I needed to do was slow down and do it every day. And so I started to question, you know, maybe I can do this. And I downloaded a training program online, Couch to 5K. It tells you exactly the distance to run every day, what days to run on. And I did that. And I ran the 5K. And then I thought, well, maybe if I can run a 5K, because I did really enjoy it, maybe I can run a half marathon. And at that time, I had a group of friends that wanted to do the same thing. So we all got together. We downloaded our half marathon training plan. We had it all mapped out. We did all the training and we ran the half marathon. And then I ran three more half marathons. And after that, I remember someone asked me, well, do you think you'll ever do a marathon? And I was like, oh, no way. Like I could never, my words were literally, I could never run a marathon. And then I kind of stepped back and I thought, hmm, that's what I said about a 5K. So in an effort to sort of prove myself wrong, I thought, well, I'll run a marathon. So I downloaded the marathon training (laughs) and I ran the marathon. My point is that it took that initial belief in myself that maybe I could, it took that initial questioning, you know, initially I was defining myself, I am not a runner. And the turning point was me asking myself, but what if I am? What if I could? And that really opened the door to all the possibilities. The truth is, and I truly believe this, when it comes to physical fitness, and we're going to compare it to other things, academic and arts and design in a minute, but when it comes to physical fitness, your body will do what you train it to do. It really will. It's not easy. You have to actually do the work. You've got to lift the heavy weights to get strong, but our bodies are designed to do what we train them to do, and I truly believe that the same thing is true of our minds. You know, we go through school, 
and we train our minds. But when it comes to things like art and design and decorating, for some reason, we think that those things are just innate. And if we don't have that ability, you know, that's it. We can't do it. We'll just have to either be happy with a house that is not ideal or we'll have to hire someone to help us. But what I want you to do is just start to question that. You think you're not, would not be a great interior designer. If you don't want to be, totally fine. But if you have that desire and you'd like to be better at it just for yourself, start to question that. Maybe I can. Even if I don't think I'm creative, even if I believe that I suck at choosing colors or furniture, what if I can and I, I want you to start questioning it because I'm, I'm, I know you're not going to believe me necessarily, but I'm going to tell you, you totally can because I did it. Back when I left medicine and decided to go back and get my interior design degree, I did not have a lot of natural ability. When I look back at pictures of our home during residency and our home during fellowship, uh, I was not really good at it, but I wanted to learn and I had a desire to get better at it. So I think that my desire to really get good at interior design was so great that I decided to bet on myself. And I went back and got my interior design degree. And over the years, as I learned to design and I practiced and I made mistakes uh, and grew from those, I've come a long, long way from where I started. And I want you to know if you're one of those people that's sitting out there thinking, yeah, you did it, but you just don't know me. I don't have a creative bone in my body. My point is, is if you have the desire and you can work on your belief in yourself that you 100% can learn. This is a skill that can be learned just like we learn to speak another language or just like we learned how to practice medicine. If you have the desire, you can learn. And I'm going to give you the formula of how to do it. There are three big steps. First, you have to learn how to see like a designer. Second, you have to learn how to think like a designer. And third, you'll be designing like a designer. So I want to walk you through each of these steps and kind of give you a brief outline. So I'm giving you the outline. This is everything you need to know to design like a pro. And you can take this outline, this formula, this structure, and you can uh, access all sorts of information online from my website, housecallsforphysicians.com, from my private Facebook group for women physicians called House Calls for Physicians, or you can just Google these concepts and learn about them. If you want a more structured approach, you can take my course where I lead you through this and we we dive in depth on all of these topics and I actually take you from beginning to end of this process. But let's dive into these steps, how to see like a designer, how to think like a designer and how to design like a designer and break them down. So when I think about how to see like a designer, what I'm talking about is When you look at something, how do you tell if something works, if something doesn't work? A lot of people call that clashing. And then why? And if it doesn't work, how do I choose something that does work? Okay, so this is really what separates, this is a bit, this ability, this learned ability is what separates a designer from a non-designer. If you think about it, when 
uh, for those of you who are in medicine, when we go through medical school and we go through residency, we learn to see things in a certain way. So I kind of compare it to how we learn how to see if a patient is sick or not sick, because that's a really big deal, right? So that ability to know if a patient is sick or not sick is crucial. And if you think about that, we learn how to view symptoms. We learn how to view physical exam findings through a certain lens that helps us practice medicine. That's analogous to this process where we learn how to see like a designer. We learn what works, what doesn't work, and why. So how do we do that? So let's break down this step of how to see like a designer. It involves two main subcategories. If you're taking notes, you can. this really lends itself to an outline form. So the subcategories are number one, learning the elements of design, and number two, learning the principles of design. So what are these? So the elements of design are line, form, space, color, and lighting. Okay, so diving into the details of these is really beyond the scope of this episode, but you can Google these and find a lot of information online. And in fact, if you are an artist or you've taken art classes or you've had interests in art, a lot of these um, are going to be familiar to you because there's a lot of overlap between using these in art and using these in design. So line, the line of something, is it straight? Is it curved? Is it horizontal? Is it vertical? Is it diagonal? Form or shape, what is the shape of the object and how that influences the design? Space, are we using all the space? Is all the space filled up with stuff that's positive space? Or do we leave spaces empty and utilize negative space? Color, of course, is self-explanatory, and I think light is too. So really learning how to see those different elements and use those elements are key to learning how to see like a designer. So those are the elements of design. The second part of that are the principles of design, and those are number one, balance, number two, scale and proportion, number three, rhythm number four, emphasis, and number five, harmony. So just briefly, what are these? Balance. Is it symmetrically balanced? Is it asymmetrically balanced? Learning what does that mean? How do I create that? That's important. Scale and proportion is probably one of the biggest ones, I think, because most of the design mistakes, and I put mistakes in quotation marks because ultimately all of this is subjective, right? But some of the biggest design mistakes and most common design mistakes I see are related to scale and proportion, items being too small or too big. Rhythm. How do we create rhythm in a space? And that just refers to how easily your eye flows across a room. How do we create that? Emphasis. That's another name for focal point. So how do we how do we select our focal point if there's not a natural focal point? How do we support that? And how does that relate to our overall design? And then the last principle is harmony. Harmony is just really this perfect blend of things that make the room interesting 
and then things that unify the room so that we don't get something that's boring. But on the other hand, we don't have something that's so chaotic and has so much variety that it feels unsettling. So those are the principles of design. So those elements and principles, learning those, learning what they are, and then practicing identifying those, and then using those in your own designs are the key to learning how to, number one, see like a designer. That was our first step. The second step is learning how to think like a designer. And I compare this in terms of medicine since I was a practicing physician at one point, learning how to think like a physician. I mean, there's a method to the madness, right? We learn that in medical school. And so when we go through the process of seeing a patient, there's a rationale when we get that patient's history of learning how to assimilate that information, form a differential diagnosis, and then develop a plan. So that's the, you know, really analogous to learning how to think like a designer. And the key to that is learning the design process, the design process that every professional designer goes through to approach any space. What we don't do is automatically go online and start shopping for things that would look good. There's a method to it. There's a plan. There's a rationale. So I'm going to give you that process. I have created sort of a high yield shortened version of this to make it really easy to learn and apply. And it's five steps. I call it the house calls five step design process. And I'm going to give that to you now. So number one is programming. And that just means gathering information. So the first step, whether you're designing your kitchen or your bathroom or your office or your bedroom, you want to really dive into why you're doing it and ask yourself a whole lot of questions. Questions like, what do I like about this space now? What do I not like? How do I feel in this space now? And then how do I want to feel in the space? That's really the most important that I think a lot of people skipped. How do I want to feel? Do I want to feel productive and energized? Or do I want to feel really calm and chill? That's really important. Because the design elements that you choose to go in that room is directly going to link to how you're going to feel in that space. Ask yourself, what do I use the room for? What do I want to use the room for? Or what would make this room functional for me and my family? So those are just a couple of examples. There's a whole list of, of details that you can get into. And that's programming, just really exploring all these questions and answers before you start picking out anything at all. The second step is inspiration. So we need to be inspired. We need to create a vision for our space. And I think about programming, that first step is sort of creating that functional vision. How is this space going to work? How do we want to feel? What purpose does it need to serve? And then I think about inspiration as really developing that more of aesthetic vision for our space. And you can do this by looking at Pinterest. You can do this by looking at House or Instagram or wherever your favorite place to look for inspiration is and creating your own inspiration board. In my courses, I teach you exactly how to do that because often I think that we look at Pinterest or Instagram and we tend to get overwhelmed. What I take you through in my course is how to develop your own inspiration board that's actually going to be useful to you so that you're not overwhelmed and that you can create a really focused vision. The third step is space planning. So this is how do you arrange your furniture? So before you think about 
what color sofa you want or what style chair you want. You need to know what furniture needs to go in your room and where it's going to be. So this involves, you know, using either drawing it out or using an app. There are a lot of different space planning apps that are free and experimenting with different furniture layouts until you get exactly one that you know is going to work for you. And once you have that, you're going to be able to have a list of everything, every item that you need for your space and approximately how big it needs to be. And then fourth, once you have that list, you're going to take that and you're going to develop a design concept, which is really your personal vision for your space. And you can do that by taking your list. Let's say, for example, you need a sofa, two chairs, a coffee table, a rug, and a chandelier. Okay, really simple example. And you're going to do a Google image search, not shop, but just do a Google image search of sofas and chairs and coffee tables. And you're going to screenshot those, put them on your own Google slide or PowerPoint, And that way you can look at different sofas next to different chairs, along with different coffee tables. So you can visualize how all those pieces are going to look together. It's not going to be the exact sofa that you'll buy, but you'll know, okay, so I want a navy blue sofa with very traditional lines that looks kind of like this. And you're going to put that next to the chair style that you like. And that's where really the design part comes in. That's where you're creating your vision. Once you have that vision developed, last, the last step is design selections. And this is basically shopping. You're going to take each of those photos and you're going to shop for a specific item that, you know, has the correct dimensions, has the right price point, all the different things that need to be checked off the list before you purchase. And then you've got your room. And this is very condensed, okay? So I'm giving you the Cliff Notes version, Spark Notes, whatever, I don't know. When I was in high school, we used Cliff Notes. I think it's something different now because that was like, what, 30 years ago? <laughs> but anyway, this is the Cliff Notes version. So I'm just giving it to you. If you want to dive deeper, head to my website. But that is how you learn to think like a designer. So we've covered how to see like a designer. We've covered how to think like a designer. Last, learning to design like a designer. And that takes practice. Just like you'd have to practice basketball, just like you'd have to practice playing a French horn, you got to practice design. And I think honestly that this is probably the most challenging part because none of us want to (laughs) fail. None of us want to make mistakes. But as you know, that's where the real growth comes in. So after you learn these things, once you start practicing, practicing in your own home, practicing for a friend or a family member, you're going to make mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. The important part is that you learn from those and you grow. So you'll notice over time that you're getting better and better. And a big sign of growth that you can look for is if you look back on some of your selections or your designs that you did maybe a year ago and you recognize, oh, that doesn't look good. Why did I think that looked good? I know it doesn't now and here's why. That's a sign of growth. That's a very positive thing. I'll tell you about one of my big mistakes is I was going to paint our office kind of a bold peach color. And I had not had a lot of practice with color at all. This is actually before I had just started, you know, my interest in design. And I went out and I got some paint samples and I painted them on the wall. And my husband walked in and he was horrified. (laughs) He was like, oh my gosh, 
what is this? It was this really bright, saturated orange that looked like it needed to be in like a gym or some kind of commercial setting. It was not at all what we needed in our office. And I admittedly said, you're right. (laughs) It was hard for me to admit, but I was like, this is not the right color. So went back, reselected something else, but that's what I'm talking about. Like you're not always going to choose the right paint color. That's why you always get samples, by the way. You may have to send something back. That's okay. As you continue to do that, if you ask yourself with each mistake, like why doesn't that work? What could I have done differently? You'll grow from that and you'll get much, much better at it. So design like a designer. Step three is practicing, making mistakes, growing from those and getting better. Okay, so that's the formula of learning how to design like a professional. And I want to circle back to what we were talking about in the beginning. You can have the formula, but if you don't believe that you can follow it and become a really great decorator, then you probably won't, right? You've got to have that belief. So when you find yourself slipping back into, I'm not good at this, I don't have any natural ability. I'm not creative. That's okay. That's normal. I still have times where I question my own own abilities. Just question that. Is it possible? I can learn. It's possible that I could get good at this. And really start to shift your mindset towards that belief, if it's your desire to learn how to decorate like a pro. I'm going to be diving deep into this formula and teaching you even more in my free design workshop that's coming up, Two Steps to Badass Design Skills. You can register for that. There'll be the link in the show notes, or you can find the link on my website, housecallsforphysicians.com. I hope to see you there, and I uh, hope you have a great week, and I'll see you next week. If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating, be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians, or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.